everybody. So you should girl Joy has questions coming to you with another episode this week. And I am jumping right into you better know. The past two weeks, I have come from amazing work conferences that were truly inspiring. You all know I I keep church and state separate, so I'm not going to delve into anything um, from those conferences other than just how much it made me appreciate where I am in my journey professionally and how I'm really happy to be a part of something that I feel is is trying to empower people and push people forward to be their best selves, whether it's within their own homes, uh, within their own business practices, and even better still, within society. That being said, this is the first time in my life that I truly have just been like pouring over all of the STEM-based you know, accolades that I know, you know, the black community has contributed to. And so I found a bomb one for Mr. Shelby Jacobs. Hey, Shelby. Um, Mr. Shelby Jacobs is responsible. He was an engineer who worked as at who worked at NASA as a camera designer. Now he worked there for over 51 years. Now let me just say this. The first image I saw of Mr. Shelby, um his home is sickening. You better be getting them stem checks, grandpa. I see you. Um but basically he was a native of Santa Clarita Valley, California, and so he was one of the 1% black student population of his high school, and that's what helped him, or rather, that prepared him to excel in the face of over-prejudice and low expectations. 1%. I mean, basically just one person. I don't know how else to put that. Um he was a standout athlete, the studi body president. He got a scholarship to UCLA. He started or intended to study uh, mechanical engineering. And then he basically, you know, kind of had that feeling of like, Ugh, can I do this? You know, other people were telling him maybe he shouldn't do it. So after three years on campus, he was hired into a space program to build rockets in Mercury, Atlas, Jupiter, and the Thor program. I don't, that just sounds like some shit from Marvel Universe. So I'm like, Thor, what? The planet, the person, who are we talking about? So at the time, there were 5,000 engineers in the program and only eight of them were black. I already know that's less than 10%. Like, I can do basic math, but still, like, what what was that, 0.0 something? Like, someone who likes calculators, holler at me with that one. But in terms of, of... him trying to really get through the program, he had to deal with never-ending racial commentary, overt discrimination, and then also the challenging misconceptions of black people. Hmm. Sound familiar? So in 1961, when President JFK announced the Apollo space program, Jacobs transferred to Rockville in Downey, California. So he worked on perfecting the new camera system that ultimately accompanied the Apollo 6 rocket into space and documented some of the first images that were taken there. I I cannot, like, that just, so the images that we have seen, you know, that iconic image of, like, astron or rather being taking place on the moon and then it's looking back on earth like that is because of a black man like oh it just makes me want to tear up um in 2009 jacobs was named as an unsung hero by nasa him and his wife were also inspired in 2006 after the release of hidden figures to advocate for equal compensation for persons of color and women engineers as well as also encourage museums not to leave out the contributions of black people to advancements in the aerospace industry the fact that the man is retired definitely has built up all his cash as you could clearly tell from his home it's not like he's living in a shanty town but he still is concerned with making sure that 
others behind him, that he is reaching back and pulling everyone into an equality, but also making sure that it is equitable changes make, being made, that everybody's getting their check. Like, that's the type of shit that not only warms my heart, but that just puts a fire in my belly to keep going. Like, to know that a black man who was a part of a program where it was eight people out of 5,000, I can't even handle a Popeye's line that got like maybe 10 people in the store let around let alone looking around and see like don't nobody look like me and yet you still are pushing forward to do something that is just so long lasting within the STEM field within American culture and within just overall humanity that just totally makes me happy so saluting Mr. Shelby Jacobs and everything that he has done not only in the STEM community but for African Americans everywhere we love you King thank you Hey everybody, it's your girl Joy Has Questions coming to you once again. I am knocking these shows out, people. <laughs> Consistency is key. Uh, I am super happy to have this young lady on my show today. Long story short, I was scrolling through IG. I saw my boy Pierre. He had this sickening, sickening photo. I'm like, you've got to tell me now. Who did it? How? When? Where? And so he was like... Dominique Shepard, she's bomb. Like, you didn't know of her? And I'm like, someone put me on. <laughs> and so went to her website, fell in love. Like, this young lady is not only just an amazing photographer. I do not like, you know, to stunt people or to put <laughs> labels on their artistry. But I, I think she's a bomb ass or visual artist, I should say. So to have her on the show, I'm like, <laughs> Nigga, we made no, okay. <laughs> but no, thank you so much, love. So, yes, everybody, my guest today is the amazing Dominique Shepard. Hi, hon. Hi, thank you for having me. No, I'm so excited to, I'm to talk with you. Super happy to have you on the show. She got my house smelling like bomb ass sweet potato fries <laughs> from Lighthouse. So, we are good to go. <laughs> um, so, according to IG, I'm not doing it this week, I'm done. Um, I am taking, I'm suspending it Okay. okay. because I would much rather talk to you um, just about things that actually interest us. And to be quite honest, I'm not doing another goddamn week of Chloe cries. So I don't care what's (laughs) happening with the Kardashians. I I don't know if there's a new glueless, wigless, laceless, seamless, invisible line, you know, phenomenon (laughs) happening with sewings. Although I will say her passion twist. Thank you. Fly as fuck. And I go, who made them? She's like, me. I'm like, damn it. I'm like, I can't sit here and like live like this. I need somebody to do something for me. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about, I personally think, whatever this, this creative cultural revolution is that's taking mm-hmm. place in Chicago. Um, and it's been taking place in other cities too. You have Afropunk. You have um Vuve, uh the the champagne company that does this amazing like polo classic where it's just such oh, a bomb ass artistic expression of just fly ass black people it's like a time work back to like harlem right um all over the country that happened so i would much rather talk about that okay. um, yes yes <laughs> and even before we started recording, we were you brought up, you know, if Bill Street could talk. Mm-hmm. I was too emotional to go see it. I've just been in the space. But from there, like, what, what were some points that, like, you were able to pick out in terms of, like, maybe, like, themes or actors that you, like, now really fuck with? Yeah, I mean, it's an emotional roller coaster of a movie, to be honest. It's, like, it's 
it's heavy and then you you find yourself laughing amongst like those heavy moments mm-hmm. and like getting angry it's like the main storyline is about um this family and the young girl of this family becomes pregnant and the father of the child is someone that they grew up she grew up with and they fell in love and it's a it's a fight between her family and his family where they don't really accept it it's like highbrow black people versus just like Woo-chalate, woo-chalate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, that, but that dynamic of, like, holier-than-thou, you know, The mother. first Negro on the block syndrome, as I like you to call know? it. Yeah, so there's that struggle, and then there's also the struggle between um, the baby's father and the political uh, political justice system. Or he, the lack of, lack I should of say, justice. for black people. Yeah, the whole setup mm-hmm. with the police and all that stuff, so... And yeah, there's some very good monologues in the movie. Very just like the cinematography. That's one thing that I've noticed a lot lately. It's just, it's, it draws you in. Like you are just like, I'm there with them. I'm feeling what they're feel- feeling because they use this, uh, you know, the way the camera just zooms into people's eyes mm-hmm. and the way the actors are like serious in their tone. It's like, I'm about to, you know, cry right now listening to this man speak, you know, it's, it's very heavy, but it's a good, it's a good movie. I think you actually just said something that to me demonstrates how I'm like, oh God, I am getting older. <laughs> like now I get very like movie snobbish over the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care if someone's like, we got all the fine people. We got Michael B. Jordan and Zendaya. I'm like, that's cute. Right. What What are the emotions that I'm going to feel from yeah. this? And and that has become a really big piece of it. I love when I see, you know, these wide sweeping shots or these mm-hmm. quick cuts being or really harnessing and utilizing nature yeah. Yeah. to help. I, I guess that's like the part of cinematography I like the most to help, you know, push that story along or the emotion along. Sometimes it could literally, and I don't know why this always gets me, but hearing a clock just tick takes me out. Mm. Like, cause it's really like that, that marker of time, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever is encompassed in that scene. It could be time lost or maybe someone died or it was, you know, something that we didn't take advantage of when we had time. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, give him an Oscar now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even when I think about, like, the actors and the actresses, I, Kiki is, yes. Ki- Kiki, do you love me? Like, <laughs> I want to know. She, right. Kiki Lane is, is bomb.com. I know, like, do you follow her? Do you fuck with her? Like, what's your, yeah, your thought on yeah. her? Yeah, as soon as that movie came out, I <laughs> looked up an interview with her in it, and I followed her on Instagram. I was like... I just fell in love with her. One is just like her innocence and genuine personality in the movie versus her powerful aura as a Mm -hmm. person. And I'm just like, that just shows you how she can like just fall into a character. And I want to watch her, her journey. Cause she, you know, it just kind of reminds me of a, Letitia Wright from Black Panther. Oh, from Black Panther, yes. Yeah, just like how her aura too, just very powerful. And it's like, I'm I'm waiting for these people to just keep going and going Mm -hmm. and going. And it's like, I don't know, I connect with, with actresses like that, you know? I, from, and from what it sounds like, it's very hard for me to actually follow, you know, people I don't know on social media, not because I, um, 
I don't know. I guess my thing is like, I just get very, like, I can look at your page and everything. So it's very few that I'm just like, I go up. But mm. Regina King definitely, like, come oh, on. Yeah. I love her. Um, I actually grew up <laughs> around the corner. So I grew up on 50th and Prairie. And then on 50th Street in between, like, Prairie and Indiana mm-hmm. was the house from the writer of 227. So my dad, I, like, <laughs> they grew up, like, with them. So I would, like, walk past my dad. I was like, this was the house, like, Pearl. And I'm like, that was the house that it was based off of. I thought that was the dopest shit ever. <laughs> um, but even past, like, Kiki Lane and the fact, like, she was a part of, you know, different Broadway and Chicago ensemble groups mm-hmm. since 2016. Another nod to putting in work. There's Lena Waithe, mm-hmm. who's so, so come on, like she's Lena's so Chicago, like so Chicago. She her between her wardrobe and what she makes films and TV shows about, very Chicago, and I love that about her. Like even like just a lot of the brands that she wears, I know the people who make those clothes. So That's it's just fun. like, oh, I know, I feel connected to her, or like you know, um, like she, I used to photograph for. Um, for this party, this party event that mm-hmm. was in Chicago, and she's close to the people who throw it. Too. Was it like Party Noir or? Uh, no, it's fine if you don't okay. remember. Yeah, I can't, it's fine. I can't no remember what they call it, but um, but yeah, so this this is is similar to that, okay. right? Um, but like again, just seeing her connect to that community and like looking back on old posts and be like, hey, Lena commented on this post like a long time ago. It's like she's just very like down to earth and like very Chicago. Like she's in their roots. I think what also just number one, Lena Wave just is like the fly, you know, kid that you wanted to be friends with at Morgan yeah. Park or you know, whatever. Like she definitely got all the juice, all the swag. But also on top of it, I love the fact that she is so using her platform to bring up other, Mm -hmm. you know, independent or, you know, um, independent contributors, I should say, or like small business owners. Mm -hmm. She easily could just throw on a Louis T or, you know, put on some Balenciaga sneaks and just call it a day. But she's Mm -hmm. like, no, I'm going to use my platform to help those within the city. Mm -hmm. Um, And even when I think about her, her crew, for the shot, it's chock full of like Chicago Gap, or I always say this name wrong. G-A-F-F-E-R. Gaffers. Yes. Mm-hmm. I had to think. Like, wait, wait. The light people. Yeah. The, people, yeah. Okay, the crew. <laughs> the crew, basically. But it's chock full of Chicagoans, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, same thing that I even can appreciate with Empire. Let's, we ain't going to go too deep. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> The crew is the a Chic- representation yeah. of the city in which they film. And yeah. I like how to use your platform to say, I want more black and brown people. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have them, then y'all better fucking find them. Right, so right. Um, outside of her, I personally go up for Terrell McCraney. Like, okay. yeah, yeah. I have stand for <laughs> years. Now I first found out about Terrell McCraney through PBS public broadcasting service, <laughs> home of Mr. Rogers and Lamb Chop. Know. You will respect <laughs> their name. Uh, nature and uh, no vote. It's like 30th season. And who is going to dare to say, we're going to cancel Nova. This country will riot. Like <laughs> I will be in the street. Yeah. Fucking up something if they ever. But I was watching a PBS show and that's how I actually found out about him. I think the show was based on like the MacArthur grant and how it's been helping people to fund their dreams. And that's the thing. Like, I think Moonlight came out in maybe 2015, 2014. Yeah, a couple years ago. Right. So, you know, 
they, you know, were able to defeat La La Land and white people saving jazz. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I got through maybe 10 minutes of that movie and turned it off. You saw I just put the longest pause. <laughs> I, actually, Jasmine, I want that as a pause, like a real pause. <laughs> like, or like some sort of Jamaican air horn, like, do you, do But yeah, so I remember <laughs> watching, seeing the evolution of him grow mm. because he graduated from DePaul University um, and he was one of the MacArthur, MacArthur Grant recipients for t- the 2013 class. So every year they put out the the application and it's a that's what I'm saying like yourself I personally don't consider myself having like a, a creative endeavor that I'm doing but mm-hmm. hell you Tonika Johnson with her folded map project or um, Party Noir with what they're doing creating safe spaces for the LGBTQIA community mm-hmm. there's so many other I feel like small businesses or um, not even just businesses but initiatives and programs that could apply Mm -hmm. and stand a great chance of getting it because it's all about those who don't necessarily have the capital to fund it on the level that you know it should be or that they want so yeah I remember when he got his the the Kevin that is in the movie the adult Kevin that's he been rocking with him since like 2014 that's awesome yeah so even that like keeping it in the family bringing the people like Travante they found randomly um and he was a track star but I was really girl yeah oh my love for Travante goes deep (laughs) um I don't know where he falls on the spectrum but Mm -hmm. just know I love him regardless. He's that fine. Like, yeah. I don't care. He can come out on stage with M'Baku, like me and my man have matching touches. <laughs> or he can show up with Kiki Lane. I don't care. Right. I just like, I just want him and his cheekbones to thrive. Yes. Um, but yeah, so Terrell McCraney, I think, is bomb. Uh, and then who else? I'm, it's on the tip of my tongue. Don't do this to me. Do, 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 do. He was the middle Chiron. They just, they're, oh, Richard Wright, Native Son. Okay. They're remaking that. Yes, with the boy get, who plays in, Chiron, the teenage years. Because, you know, Moonlight is split up in those three main acts. Like, when he's a kid. Right. His yeah, teenage and then yeah. he's So, the I middle just one. Saw, I just, and that was filmed here, right? What was? The movie you're talking Moonlight? about. Moonlight? Or no, Native no, no. Sun? Native Sun. See, that's the thing. Like, the book is written, Richard Wright wrote it in Chicago, or it's, take the setting is Chicago, but I didn't see anything in terms of if the movie adaptation was, was going to be here. I just saw them, you know, I mean, it could be like them starting like B-roll of Chicago right. into it, but I thought I saw the trailer and they did have some Chicago. I was like, oh, that's Chicago. Do you... Don't tell me that. Don't I, tell me that I had an opportunity <laughs> to run through I these streets. To. I was like, oh, he was here? But and see. I don't know, though. You got to watch it to see, like, for sure if it was So the trailer here. has dropped with Bigger Thomas. Yeah. The, okay. They, they posted. Um, this has been a great episode. Thank you for coming. <laughs> um, I need to I need to internalize. Like, I think so. Yeah. Because um, Kiki's in it. She's the, like, she posted it on her Instagram. That's how I saw it. Okay, Kiki, Kiki Lane, here. Oh my God! Ah! Yeah, <laughs> it's really it's there. <laughs> Kiki, 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 Kiki,
they've mod. Okay, no, we're good. They yeah. modernized him. It's not even an old version. Okay, so. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's in Chicago. Because yeah. he definitely is standing in front of the beam. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, wait, I thought it's so. Yeah, okay. Chicago, come through black artist movement. I will say this, like, now, are you from Chicago? Not from? I'm not from Chicago. Okay, and go but I've been here since 2009. Hey, okay. you better get that in. <laughs> I love how everyone who's not from Chicago be like, no, 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 no but my inaugural day. <laughs> I got some time. You know, I'm not asking people here for, for directions. Um, no. So in regards to, to yourself, where are you from originally? Ohio. Sandusky, Ohio. Okay. Um, if you guys heard of Cedar Point, America's rock and roller coast. <laughs> that's, that's how everyone knows. Cedar Point. Okay. Yeah. And for me, like Cedar Point was always that place of like roller coasters give me anxiety. Oh. oh. So I'd have been there for like the funnel cake. Uh, and the churros. The pretzels with cheese dip exactly. were really good. Like, that's know? the only reason I ever went to Six Flags. Because right outside of Raging <laughs> Bull was like the best nacho stand ever. Yeah. Like it was so yeah. bomb. Um, but no, so even with you being, you know, transplant, being from Ohio, coming mm-hmm. to Chicago, I'm pretty sure you even see the movement in the mm-hmm. sense oh, of. Oh, yeah. Yes. Everywhere you turn, it's it's getting easier to collaborate. Yes. That's one of my favorite parts about being here. It's just like there's a a big idea of community. And mm-hmm. when I first started working with people, it's like you start meeting everyone. It's like, oh, black creative. I want to work with you. Oh, black creative. And then you're like, wait, you guys already know each other. You guys working with some together, too. Right. I'm like, you know, it's just, go. you know, like, like, it's like a very small, tight knit community. And I really appreciate that because it's like everyone's rooting for each other. I mean, I. I know people do talk about like this competitive, mm-hmm. but I honestly don't see that side just because the people that I roll with are so genuine and supportive. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's the thing for me. Like I've, I being from here, I've seen it change, mm-hmm. you know, where it was before, like not as open, not as collaborative. That was the one thing that even my friends from New York always used to harp on. Like, mm. in New York, you can collaborate. They're always wanting to collaborate. And in Chicago, it's not that way. So mm. I'm super happy to see that that stereotype is kind of starting to be shed. Yeah. Because we do collaborate. And there's a lot that we can do together. Yeah, um, exactly. Especially, like, just, hell, we all have the capabilities to be the next... Terrell McCraney or Kiki Lane. So much talent in this in this city. So much. I mean, I would just say to like I just worked with like a he's an artist, his name is Brandon Bro. He mm-hmm. just opened up a space in the south side of Chicago. And it's a store and it's called the Invisible Space. And this he's opening it up to people in the community and saying this is a safe space for us to talk about, um, you know, mental health issues. Having, you know, attire, like he makes clothes too, and having clothes to say mental health is real, you know, and having, uh, like, places for them to do yoga and have artist talks, you know what I'm saying? This is, like, the space that he's opening up in the south side of Chicago. Then you also have my friend Shiny Crow, who is a hair braider. and interdisciplinary. Interdis- Plenary artist. Yes. Is in, that a, wait? Inter, 
interdisciplinary artist. Yes. There we go. Bam. Yes. She is awesome and also just very pro Southside Chicago. Like that is that is one reason why I love staying south and like I will never leave Southside because it's not happening. Of of the tight knit community that's down here and the progress mm-hmm. that people our age, young black creatives are making in this area. No, that's that's so ironic. Yes, I just saw Shiny actually um, earlier this month. Okay. Uh, I invited her to an event that was hosted by my day job. Um, and I intentionally was like trying to get more influencers, more black creatives to the event to open up, you know, the mindset of like there's a lot of opportunity to collaborate and to do things and actually to build a presence. So I love I was super appreciative. Like she texted me, she's like, I'm running late. I have this other, you know, commitment, but she still came to support. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, thanks, girl. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah, just even knowing her all those years, like I remember her when she said like she was known. Everyone throughout the city wanted her to braid their hair. Mm-hmm. Not like that. And let's keep it real. I know some of the guys are like, she's fine. I'm going to just grow my hair out <laughs> and have her braid it. <laughs> Y'all ain't slick. We know your tricks. But um, no, she did everybody's hair. And then on top of the girl was bomb at doing nails. Like mm-hmm. she would do my full sets for my birthday and be like, these are popping. I love them. <laughs> so just being a really, really talented young woman, I think she represents like a lot of us. Like, mm-hmm. Not even sticking into that box of what type of artist that you have to be. Like, you don't have to stick in photography your whole life. Like I said, if you want to one day walk up in the Blick and buy, or Walgreens for that matter, and buy every last can of (laughs) Play-Doh and make some really beautiful artistic expression, Mm -hmm. go for it. Like, there's no limits to what your creativity can be. And I love how in Chicago we're not doing that anymore. Yeah, I just actually... uh, saw her she had an opening the other day at right with 659 and it is like a private museum up north in Lincoln Park Um, and I was just looking at the structure that she collaborated on and like the technique and like the braiding that she did uh, with uh, cords um, to go into the piece and I'm just like that is so much talent and the fact that that came from her mind Mm -hmm. and like flowed through her and then I just told her, I was like, I'm so glad that, like, I know you, that I get to see your personality and get to grow and follow your journey. It's like, it's very inspirational to be around people who can just constantly inspire you and keep you motivated to just keep working. You know, that's one thing that I'm always dealing with. It's just like, one day I want to get whole bunch of shoots out and, like, just collaborate with people and just be like okay I'm going all these ideas and then the next moment I'm just like oh I feel so stuck like what am I doing with my life it's just like a roller coaster of uh what am I doing and am I doing it the right way am I doing it the right way what is my purpose and like again just keep flowing with it and just be like okay I can't stop though because this is my passion this comes naturally to me you know so and then also just balance I was just talking to uh Morgan Johnson, she's one of the co-founders of the tribe. And so I was just talking to her about that. Like, it is like that kid. Like, you love being a parent. I don't know. I, you know, for the most part, if it's something you plan to prepare for, you're excited to have your baby. But when your baby is screaming his head off at 2 a.m. in the morning, you ain't had sleep for 48 hours. It's You don't like your child in that moment. You love them, but you're just mm-hmm. like, God, will you shut up? Mm-hmm. And so it's sometimes like that with your passion, too. Like, you love your passion, but there are those moments of like, what did I 
fucking do? Like, you know, like, what did I got myself into? Exactly. Yeah. So, hell, I need invisible space. <laughs> Let me have a moment of, of woo-side to, like, talk about some things. Um, but, no, even outside of, of Chicago artists, I would even want to know, like, and... <laughs> Not to stereotype in general, but what I always, it's always so funny to me because I'm always trying to gauge like where artistry and wokeness and activism, where does that merge with pop culture, right? Because Mm -hmm. I, one day I'll give you, you know, Marcus Garvey or I'll give you, you know, um, who else is someone that I really resonate? James Baldwin. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, no. Because Go Tell It on the Mountain is the quintessential story <laughs> of, like, religion and the African-American. Like, I'm, like, just going on this tangent. And then the next day, I'm like, girl, did you see Black China out here dating this whole ass 16-year-old? Like, what That's the, the fuck duality. is going on? The duality. So, in terms of, like, you, are there any, like, pop culture stories that you've just been, like, woo, child? Like, or, like, even reality TV shows? I'll confess the trashiest one I watch, even Jasmine hates me for. I watch X on the Beach. What? Makes no sense for what me is to. That? It is. I I don't even know. It's a combination. The people who are on that show are from shows I've never even heard of okay. or watched. Like okay. when we were coming up, it was you had Real World, you had Row Rules, College Hill. Mm-hmm. It, maybe the first beginning seasons of Housewives because I feel like it hadn't really exploded like it has now. Now it's just everything is on TV. Yeah, that's um, true. But yeah, X on the Beach is true, pure, unadulterated trash. There's no point <laughs> to the show at all. Like none. Even the narrator makes fun of the people who have signed up on the what? show. Now that part takes me out. He'd be like saying stuff like, yes, because that made sense. <laughs> But yeah, so for you, is there any like just things where you're like, look, I do watch it. Don't you dare judge me. To be honest, I'm not so good at watching reality shows. I'm a very Netflix, HBO type of watcher. Hey. Um, But I do get clips from Instagram. So one clip that really had me dying was this one. I think it's from like hip hop, love and hip hop kind of thing where (laughs) this, uh, this girl was in the booth and she's like singing really badly and the guy's like oh yeah like acting like he's all about it i know exactly you know what I'm yes. about? he's and just it, like this sucks like, I'm, like I'm getting oh, paid twenty thousand though <laughs> what? okay so i know exactly that was from love and hip-hop hollywood okay i don't remember his, i know exactly who you're talking about and i remember the girl too she was this pretty chocolate girl yeah yeah who sounded a mess and he was like what is my life rock you know? star. his name was rock okay, star. Yeah, i at least yeah. remember that part but what i think is hilarious is that not a millennial moment at times where he's just like <laughs> oh like, god i'm really taking pictures of wax bananas but fine. Know, this check you, you just know, gave this... me <laughs> hey shit creative you know, i would say that like i had uh, I did a shoot for McDonald's once. Mm-hmm. Um, you will not find it on my website anywhere. <laughs> but it was of like this ice cream. They had like a gold ice cream cone. Like if you get the ice cream cone, you get free soft serves for the year. 
So I took like wholesale diabetes. (laughs) Like we all need go ahead. (laughs) Like you know, I'm just thinking this check though. This is about to be good, but you know because when they say net thirty, they mean (laughs) net thirty. That's the one thing when you working with like sometimes an established brand, (laughs) they don't fuck with your money. Yeah, they don't. They like there have been some companies that I've been like, don't make me show up to your door. Mm-hmm. Like, where I want my money in cash. You know, like, like, I was like, I'm just waiting on it. That's okay. And then, like you said, it will never see the light of day. It will never see the light of day. I did. I've done, because um, I being in production, I've done that too. It's just like, we're going to give you the highlights on LinkedIn. Like, <laughs> right. Just, just, just hit those top points. I'm not giving you anything of like a deeper level. Exactly. So you could judge. You're like, Joy, what you stand for? I was hungry. You know, <laughs> people look at it and be like, McDonald's, because I, I already get flagged because it's McDonald's. You know, it's like a very um, controversial, controversial brand. brand. So, yeah. I don't and to tell think people. we ate it as kids. <laughs> yeah, I wanted All it. Now I'm just like, that makes me sick, gassy, I whatever. One time. <laughs> I was like, the it was the only thing that was open, and eating it made me throw up. Not because I was too hungover, truly, because my body was like, girl, what the hell is this? Like, yeah. I felt my yeah. body just be like, ew. And it wasn't even the yeah. liquor. I'd have been better just eating, like, literally going to the 24-hour walk and just getting a loaf of bread and just going to sleep. Yep. Or, like, going for my usual drunk food, which is a honey bun. Okay. And calling it a day, <laughs> like... Or a White Castle. I don't know why the cheese sticks bring me back. They do. So. I, I never had a White Castle. Are you like vegetarian? Or no, I just. You just never. I think because my dad ruined that experience because he would get it and like we would all have to smell it. So I'm just like, nope, I'm good on that whole. <laughs> my trauma food as a child was malto meal and grits. Which is hilarious <laughs> now because I love grits. Like. I remember the first time my mother saw me eat them. I think she wanted to slap me again because no, no, I was otherworldly. Like when it came to grits and malto meal, I would go limp. I would fall the fuck out. I could not. I don't. I don't know what it was about the mealiness. And Mm -hmm. now that I think about it, I'm like, my mother's from Arkansas. She probably was like, "This is an insult to my hair." Like (laughs) I'm raising her wrong. Like she don't want to be black. What is going on here? I could not stand grits, but I loved her oatmeal. Okay, yeah, I don't like grits really okay yeah i mean not even that i don't like it but it's like one of those foods where you gotta eat it super fast because once it gets cold it's like i don't even want this no more oh yeah true you know? i mean there i've even gotten to like i will microwave microwave certain restaurant grits like certain like shrimp and grits mm. you can't like it's just too much stuff for me to be like no i don't want it but yeah. i'm like <laughs> Yeah, I know for a fact if I my kid is going, it, it's going to happen. Like, I'm going to walk past the, the grit aisle and Julian, they just going to fall the fuck out. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's payback. That's mm-hmm. definitely happening. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I do not know what you all will be drinking come cupping season 2019 that is currently upon us. But for those long, lonely winter nights where he lied and said he was coming over and he did not. Make sure that you have Cavassier VSOP to ease the pain. It kept us posted in the summertime, and it'll definitely be here for the wintertime with that smooth, velvety taste that we all love. So make sure whatever you are drinking, that it is Cavassier VSOP. And now back to Joy Has Questions. So even outside of, like, just, you know, Chicago artists and trash TV that we love, mm-hmm. 
Um, you know what? We are going to jump right into, you know, so I have a question. Cause I okay. feel like we're going, we're going in that, that lane anyway. Yeah. And I'm like, it's easy flowing. Yeah, just- um, so in terms of like your background, were you always mm-hmm. into the arts? Were you, you know, that analytical Clark Kent by day and then by <laughs> night you were, you know, Basquiat Jr.? Like how did this, I wish. Like, how did this happen? Um, well, I was blessed to have a mother who was an artist. So she's an art teacher okay. where, um, back in Sandusky and she... Would at that time she had her own business where she would do uh, a lot of black art. So she would, you know, be painting black people or she'll like make clay um, sculptures of like black love or like religious things, like showing black women praising Mm -hmm. um, or showing, um, you know, black uh, families. In, in that light in um, African also like African roots too so watching her create was like super huge and then my brother naturally talented illustrator graphic designer so like wanting to be like them basically at a young age and being like oh well I'm gonna write so initially I was gonna be a writer um yeah <laughs> initially I was gonna be a writer and then I went to this um conference in dc and i had like some friends who have cameras dslrs and they were like oh you can try it so i was like oh i'm taking pictures of everything i'm like this is so cool so when i came back um to school the following year um i took a photography class and i was like well i can't draw really well like my brother or my mom so like photography was my way of being like well I can still create something Mm -hmm. and still tell a story and I'm like I don't have to write a lot just to tell people about how beautiful I find black women and how strong I find black women basically so and that I mean how many images like that do we need you know it's it's just you would think it would be common sense and the fact of, but that's always tied into systematic oppression and inclusivity, mm. which we still struggle with. But it's it shouldn't even be looked upon as a lofty goal. It just should be something that it's like you're able to do, right? Mm-hmm. And to celebrate black women. But I think that's amazing, you know, especially to do that at such a young age. Um, because for the like now when I go into stores, I say like, oh black women on covers, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, other women of the African diaspora in hijabs. And I'm like, okay, yeah. girl, you better serve me this Fenty contour. Yeah. Um, but it, it it's, definitely was not the, like that when we grew up. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause I we remember had Naomi and Tyra. I remember like when I first started wearing my natural hair in high school, um, I was really into Neo soul. So like Jill Scott, Erica Badu. And I was like, I want to start wearing my natural hair and being very just free with myself and everyone just kept calling me Macy Gray and like laughing at, I mean, not even laughing and just like always commenting or trying to joke on it. And I was just like, why are y'all like, you know, your hair is nappy too, right? Like <laughs> and now 10 years later, you have edges, you know, I have edges, full skin. hair. <laughs> People are like, oh, your hair is so beautiful. You know, it's just like, it used to be only older black women who would say, oh, your hair is so beautiful. Same, yeah. And I was like, well, you know, it was nice, but at the same time, but I'm like, trying to date and I'm like will people accept like would guys accept me if my hair is natural kind of thing but now it's just like everyone is going natural everyone loves natural so it's not easy being the first to do something like even when I think back on um 
the kids that I saw even in elementary school, throughout my whole elementary to high school career, there were two Shamari and what was this? Joshua Jackson. There were like two boys that I saw with locks mm. from elementary school. Like that is first through eighth. And then going into high school. So first 12 years of my life, it was not something that I just could turn to the mm-hmm. left and the right and see readily happening. Like, of course, in high school, then, you know, people have more of the French braids and everything. But yeah. that was always like the go to in yeah, general. Braids, like every yeah. braids were always like, OK, the girl with the box braids. And yeah. she stayed with her hair, um, you know, French braids to the back. But in terms of ri- like wash and goes and twist outs yeah. and diva cuts and. You know, literally the ha- all the hashtags that we yeah. see when we go like that is not something that was you know looked upon as being mm-hmm. acceptable. Yeah. Um, and even over the week, this past week, I was at a, a work conference in which one of my coworkers who actually she's Indian, mm-hmm. she's you know a woman of color, but she made an excellent point and she got emotional and started to cry. And I'm not going to divulge deep, but she was saying like she's been wearing her hair natural for a year. And she was like, she had her hair, she was straightening her hair every day Mm. because of a very inappropriate comment that someone once made to her. And she was like, the day that, you know, they have been, coworkers have been used to her wearing her hair a certain way. And when she came in with it curly, she was like, that took a lot for her to do. And it was also a great point for me to think just in the sense of like, it's not a homogenous feeling owned by black women. Like I, mm-hmm. we're looking at it from our perspective. Mm-hmm. We were like, everyone used to call me Macy Gray, you know? <laughs> but then when you think about other women of color and she's not a fair skinned Indian woman, she's a darker hue, mm-hmm. you know? And so to hear her say how she was like that day, she hadn't worn her hair straight in 10 years. Mm. And she was like this past year I've worn it in its curly form. Wow. Like, and yeah, I don't really think about it that way with other. Right, and I yeah. literally like if you close your eyes and heard the story, I'm like, this sounds like every black girl like yeah. I talk to, you know. Yeah. But to hear that from her, but it was also um, insightful, just in the fact of like people will literally make life decisions. It's tied into your self worth, your self esteem, mm-hmm. your value, all of that. Mm-hmm. It's not a joke just to be out here. You're like, oh, you look like Nat Turner or Frederick <laughs> Douglass. Fuck you. Okay. Like, and yeah. leave me alone. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like you, I know you mentioned the brand that will never see the light of day on your website, <laughs> but in terms of like, just, you know, developing your, your brand, so you moved to Chicago in 2009. How did that, you know, help shape you into the artist that you are now? Because I have not been to that part of Ohio. I have, I've been to, to Cincinnati. For, okay. I love Cincinnati. But even when I go there, there's like these, this huge mural program that's happening where it's like buildings are covered in like these wonderful artwork pieces. But what was the difference coming from your hometown to like being thrust into like the metropolis of Chicago. Yeah, I mean, very big change. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came out here, I was lucky at least to have one person, my cousin, where one year apart, she went to Columbia College with me. So um, it was like that was my connection to Chicago. And um, but without her being there, there was a lot of growth that I had to deal with. Um, my, the first few years coming out here was very hard for me. Um, trying to be social, trying to like basically come out of my shell, as you would say. But um, 
then it turned into me like doing the wrong things and can I just you know yeah okay, I mean, okay. Is, <laughs> I'm always, the reason I'm quiet is because I'm like okay. it's your comfort level my show is free language like I'm, okay it's open yeah no because you know I was just smoking a lot mm-hmm. and I started getting paranoid mm. and that also mixed with depression is not not a good combination. not a good combination so um I lost a lot of friendships you know the first couple years and I kind of wanted to rebuild myself and being like okay I want to go hard on my career and put all my energy into expressing myself and finding my own voice um, so basically picking myself up out of depression and, um, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to start to meet people who i still am very close to, to today and like collaborating with them on artwork and like being able to, um, get more in depth with the positive sides of the art community here and yeah. And it kind of just is me again, just trying to keep building and like, still sometimes I do deal with depression, mm-hmm. but it's finding the more positive outlook and like finding how can I show myself and show my ideas through my photography. And that's like my therapy, basically. No, that's beautiful. And even just from the, those, those are growing pains, mm-hmm. you know, and not every, and I can only imagine, like, I'm born and raised here. Like, I travel a lot now because of work, but I know I'm coming back home, mm-hmm. you know. I haven't made that huge leap of, okay, we're spreading our wings somewhere else. Yeah. But, so I don't know, I can't, you know, know exactly what that feels like, but I can only imagine, like, just trying to figure out who you are now in a new environment. Yeah. And it's not like you moved from that part of Ohio to Des Moines. Like, you moved to Chicago, which is big as fuck. Right. (laughs) So, you're over here, you got the, you know, the the maps going in this section. You're trying to figure out something in another section. It could be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, But I even think what you're hitting on, there's to pull that into your art, that's a form of honesty that, you know, a lot of people at times don't feel comfortable with sharing, Mm. you know, and... I know for me, like when I hear stories like that, or when I hear stories like yours, it makes me appreciate just much, that much more the artwork in a Mm. sense, because you you feel like you can relate to the place that that's coming from, Mm -hmm. even if you don't have the exact same story. Yeah. And you know what's funny is like when I was in college, I remember one of my teachers telling me like, you know, when you photograph black women, you I feel more connected to your artwork. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But, you know, I didn't really think about it too much. But I was like, you know, I could photograph other stuff too. But then as I started creating more and more, it just like, is it felt comfortable. Right. You know, and I was like, oh, this is this is my thing. And, and that's great. You know, like you go on websites of a lot of like um, well-known photographers and you see a lot of European faces. You go on my website, you see a lot of black faces. You do. <laughs> so it's just like, I do what feels right to me. And that's why I also find myself working with a lot of black female entrepreneurs. And I love that. I love that they want me to highlight, you know, dark-skinned women and uh, light-skinned women in photos and showing how beautiful we all are, all, all of our shades are. And even just being confident and being like, I could, you know, photograph anybody, to be honest. But it's just like... 
this is my specialty. Right. You know, that's what you want to pull from. Mm-hmm. So even when it comes to like certain brands that you've worked with, um, and if you, if it's a matter of like, you can't reveal those, that's cool too. But have you ever had like a conflict where it's just been like, look, you knew who you hired. This is what I stand for. You know, because sometimes it's hard to balance, you know, that creativity aspect with mm-hmm. what I like to call package creativity that you, you have to do that if you're doing it for a company. Like, yeah. If they're saying, hey, we want you to shoot this deal of of a Big Mac or whatever, <laughs> you know, like whatever they want, you have to deliver that. So you ever had a moment where it's just been like, look, this is too much. Maybe this wouldn't be a good collaboration. Um, I actually have been fortunate to not really have that experience, but um, hey, good. Um, my full time work is at Groupon. Okay. So I work there in their studio and I'm very open about what they they know what I specialize in they know my personal work so when we have you know models come in on the beauty shoot and they're like okay Dom Dom has this this is what we have I mean I also shoot people point at you know legal papers or like fax machines and stuff like that but when we are able to uh do things that go along with my work Mm -hmm. that's where like they give me room to like explore and basically shine um, and then like having a nine to five that is still creative also allows me the room to have the freedom to pick and choose what I want to do for freelance. So if something out the gate just doesn't seem like it flows for me, then I, I just like, I'm sorry, I don't do this type of work or, you know, and it just be that way, you know, so I'm, I'm fortunate in that. And I have lately been just getting, saying yes to more project that deals with, um, Again, black women, black women entrepreneurs. So, like this young girl, she was 15 years old, and she's starting her own makeup line. Bob, uh, hello. Where did you even, like, what <laughs> is it a distributor? Can someone tell me what the key is? Like, goddamn. Yeah. So I was like, she told me, you know, what her budget was and everything, and what her ideas were, and I was just like, I want to work with you. You know, I said like. I would fit into your price range because I believed in her vision. And same thing with, you know, friends who have eyelash companies. It's like, I want to work with you because I want to show your brand and highlight it um, with my style of photography. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just, I guess I, I'd never really thought about it that way. But, yeah, I have been fortunate enough to to that take a bomb. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. And, and definitely, let's knock on wood that it could too well. Okay. <laughs> underneath its way so like, um, that it continues that way just because for as many people as you know find artists you're like oh I want to collaborate you sometimes do have to be careful because it's like they want that collaboration because they want your shine they want your mm. you know your sparkle and your magic and they aren't really necessarily trying to give any of that back mm. so it's like it can mm-hmm. be more of a, a feast session going on instead of actual collaboration mm-hmm. um So even just wrapping up really quickly, and you clearly are making moves within the city. Like I said, like everyone who I know like raves about your work, your professionalism, how mature you are. And I'm like, Mm. come on, through (laughs) black girl magic. Um, Where, I know this year, um, or even taking it a step back, I remember even when I was trying to get you to come on the show, and I was just like, oh my God, like, are you going to do any other shoots? Hint, hint. Because I was like, I would love if I could. Mm-hmm. You were just like, yeah, I'm pulling back from photography. Like, Yay! No, yes! So, where, 
what are you more so focusing <laughs> on this year? Because um, I'm definitely like, well, I'll just pencil myself in for 2020 <laughs> calendar. Let me just go ahead and get that now. Yeah. Um, but no, what are you more so focused on in terms of where you see that next phase of your creativity going to? Right. So um, starting at the end of this month, I am going on a hiatus on freelancing and working more on my personal project. So uh, spring, summer 2019, be on the lookout. First day of summer is what I'm saying. First day of summer. If um, it happens to have an event activation. Yes. Just saying. Same email. <laughs> that like, just go yes. ahead and put me on that list. I definitely would go. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, I actually previewed one of the photos. I did a series of uh, black women wearing different head wraps. And um, the picture that I posted is, uh, you can see a... Okay, I'm like, let me see this now. <laughs> she has like a royal blue dress on and a very um, elaborate uh, turquoise head wrap on. What is your IG love? Um, Dom L. Shepard. That's what it is. I'm like, yes. who is this Caucasian man? <laughs> no. Dom. I'm um, like, I don't know her at all. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I already shot like half of the series, but I'm going to revisit it and you shoot. This? I did do that. I need this in my house. <laughs> Thanks. This is fuck. Look at this. Girl, Thanks. you better work. This is bomb. That's so it's funny fun. that, yeah. That photo was actually like the last picture that I shot on that shoot. And I see, yeah, the yeah. head wrap. This is so pretty. Wait, and uh, it's this one. That one. Oh. Yeah. So there's, <laughs> it's like a painterly style to it. Very portrait style. So I shot about nine women already so i'm going to shoot about six to nine more and basically show these portraits like it was a gallery uh exhibit at a museum and having these head wraps on display as well so that people can see the techniques and textures that go into it and each portrait is like almost timeless when you look at it because it's like where, where, and when was this taken? Basically, it's like She's the feeling that I wanted me to get. Like queen mother yes. of like Liberia, her husband is coming back from war, <laughs> and she is standing there perched like I've missed you. Like yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is very queen. Bomb. Like yeah, yeah, and it's named after the model Grace. Shout out to Grace. She's such an amazing, beautiful model and photographer as well. Um, but yeah, so be on the lookout for that. I'm going to post more about that. Just, this girl is like stunning. Yeah. Stunning. Okay. See, this is what gets me excited. <laughs> like, I don't even need Red Bull this afternoon. I'm like, let me finish with a couple of my like dogs. I'm like, if people out here are doing this. So you're going to be fo first day of summer, which I'm guessing is June something. Yeah, like 20th, 21st. Okay. I will be in Chicago. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Be on the lookout for that. Um, oh, yay. This is so bomb. Yeah. And hopefully I'll just, after this uh, session, this uh, photo series is over, I want to get into like making prints and booklets from that series. And then hopefully- I could totally see a coffee book of that with her yes. on the cover. Yeah. Wait till you see the other ones. I, 
I think you will. Uh, I'll, actually, I can show you show it to you later. Yes. I'm such a child. Like I'm getting to see him. No, that that would yeah. be amazing. But um, if this is what you have cooking up, child. Mm-hmm. Oh, girl. This is this is gonna be my year. Mark my words. Like, yes. This. That's that's amazing. And yeah. I think the. The biggest thing about that is you're doing it on your own terms. That takes courage. That takes um, consistency. That also takes you getting out your own way. Because the thing is, like, I'm pretty sure we're freelancing. Like, that's easy. Like, it's like, oh, okay, give me this money now. Like, mm-hmm. I know when I'm getting my, my return on that investment. Um, and this, de- oh, girl, I this is going to be a hit. Yeah. And, and it looks like I'm really excited. And all the women who modeled and helped me produce it are so talented in their own rights. So I'm just really excited to just highlight them and just highlight black women. Black women. We are who beautiful. Are we are it. strong. We are talented. We are out here creating a movement in this country, in the world, you know. So see, this is a shit that gets wait, these earrings. Yeah, that's by Sal. Sounds so groovy. She's a dope stylist and she does custom earrings as well. I can't. Like, she just take all my money. Just yeah. all my money is your and they look lightweight. I feel like they're not heavy. Yeah, I don't I actually didn't get the chance to wear them, but they are pretty lightweight. Okay. Yep, we're doing this. Yeah. We I need a massive black girl like powwow in the crew yeah and these earrings too were made by a company by beats by airy and she's also a black um jewelry maker out in new york or actually i don't think she's in new york anymore but she's awesome too handmade jewelry see and that's something like i would see at like the silver room or like mm-hmm. this um the african fest but i'm like i should definitely also be seeing that in like Sacks or yeah. bird off and bird whatever i don't even know how to pronounce what the bg store it's expensive <laughs> all the shit be plain yeah. looking and just uh, lots of money for no reason um, yeah but no that's that just that's beautiful um you are truly truly talented and Thank then you. even meet you in person like super chill super bomb spirit girl gorgeous as hell herself <laughs> like see what happens when living right <laughs> you're just minding your business eating kale and sweet potato fries like <laughs> you get blessed um i'm super thankful for having you come on the Thanks show hon. see that was painful i, was yeah. like, I, told you, I don't bite them nice <laughs> no, this is um, cool. but yes and then if there's any way that i can help in terms of spreading the word or getting that out there please i would love to do so so um yes babe thank you so much for coming on the show thank you yay, <laughs> yay i'm glad we did it Hey everybody, so as I'm wrapping up this week's motivational message, I just wanted to um, really, let me say this, I am saying this with love. This isn't to be shady or to be um, divisive. I love the camaraderie, the collaboration that is happening within the City of Wind. You know I say this all the time, like we are the new age renaissance that is taking place i feel like i'm just walking around a bunch of langston hughes um 
like Cotton Club, Lena Horne, Duke Ellington performing, Ma Rainey. Like I just I just feel like I'm walking around their reincarnates with all of the amazing things that are happening within this city. And even outside of it as well. Like black millennials, Gen Xers, we are, you know, centennials are now in the mix. We are really pushing that envelope and it shows. What I will say is this. For all the amazing collaborations that I have seen take place, I would be remiss if I didn't just put all the cards on the fucking table. Have accountability for maybe if you have jumped the gun and added too many tactics to what your bank statement will allow. Let me say that again. Have accountability for if you have jumped the gun and might have too many tactics for what your financial statement will allow. This is what I mean. If you are treating yourself as a brand, if you're doing all the due diligence and the SWOT analysis, and this is what I'm bringing to the table, boob off the bam, then your strategy is already in place. And if you have a strategy, everything that you do, your tactics, you know, the ways that you're going to execute it is building upon the foundation of who you are supposed to be as a brand. What are vendors saying about you? Are you somebody that is always trying to finesse a situation? Are you someone that someone got to literally, you know, play telephone with your ass to try and get invoices paid? Are you somebody that's like, oh, well, we friends, so we can just, you know, text each other and do it? No, sis, I got QuickBooks for a fucking reason. We might be cool, but you still getting this invoice so that I can have metrics to track so that next year when I want to sit here and do my taxes and my deductions, I have all my ducks in a row. What the fuck do you think I am paying annual report fees for? So I can sit up and giggle? There is... A lot to be said in terms of the financial toll and responsibility that being an entrepreneur has. Another reason why I'm just like, stop playing people or try and talk ill of people who have day jobs to also fund their nighttime passion because it does make it easier. I cannot even imagine trying to be an entrepreneur and I didn't have like actual liquid assets to fuel or fund back into it. So I understand if you are out here hustling, if you are out here getting it, if you have put an EIN behind your SSN, that shit is beautiful. And it definitely is pushing the needle for black equity and I salute you. But what I will not stand for is seeing people that have non-consistent behavior and then want to sit here and you got to play fucking climb every mountain, chase every sea. I am not Julie Andrews standing on the top of that goddamn hill swinging my arms around like in The Sound of Music. I'm not about to be sitting here where in the world is Carmen Sandiego. I'm not about to be sitting here playing games and stunts and giggles. Pay what you owe, pay it on time, stop finessing situations, and above all else, have accountability for if you just maybe bit off more than you can chew. Because what you put out into the universe is definitely what you will receive back. And your reputation is that one intangible that you truly cannot buy it. You can't walk into Target, you can't walk into Walmart or Costco, wherever the fuck else you shop and be like, yo, let me get 20 pounds or let me get 40 ounces of reputation, consistency and quality business relations. It's just, it's not going to happen. 
please take that into consideration when you are going into business arrangements with people. Also know this, Chicago might be a big ass fucking city, but we are all the culmination of what? A bunch of Southern ass black people that migrated here at one point or another. So that small town mentality is still here, sis and bruh. So if you think people are not talking about how you are when it comes to business or oh well they great on paper or they they talk a good game but they don't necessarily deliver it people are talking about it and also having accountability with myself if you a fucking follower or you listen to me and you think like hey joy well also you can optimize your business in this way i am all ears for it i truly am but I am just tired of the stunts and giggles. Stop making people chase you around for shit that you know you're supposed to fucking pay. Stop playing these games. Stop it. It's not good business practice and it makes you look like a clown. It's not cool. I hope everyone has an amazing week. Please hear what I'm saying with love and the spirit, the bluntness, yes, but also the spirit of of encouragement at the end of the day that I am at least trying to have. I'm not saying it's to be petty or to be a a bitch or none of that. I really want us all to win. There's enough room and seats at these tables. If the table is too packed, build your own fucking table, whatever saying that you need to get you to the next level of success. But also think about when you in the weeds of it, how you look when you are not somebody that is someone that stands on your word. It's fucking whack. I guess maybe this motivational message is on my mind specifically because I literally just saw this amazing post by The Shade Room. Um, I guess the gist of it basically was like, black business does not mean discounted. And we need people to understand that. Like, there are ways that we conduct ourselves in business that lead to tropes and stereotypes in the sense of like, oh, well, you know, it's nigga shit or this is how black people, you know, carry business. And I, it is complete bullshit. I have had amazing experiences working with fellow black creatives, black millennials, brown millennials, whatever, people of color in general. So that we already know is bullshit. But let me also say this. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And so to a certain extent, if you know that your business practices may not be the best, or if you know that you wouldn't appreciate it if somebody was sitting here, you know, trying to finesse your ass, but you want someone to take your business super seriously and to take you, you know, as the bomb ass, you know, uh, aficionado that you are, then make sure you are conducting yourself in the same manner with other people. It's not cool to sit here and try and play other people and their businesses. It's not cool to sit here and tell somebody what you think they should be doing. I'm sorry, are you on my fucking retainer? Are you, so, did, did I step into a business arrangement with you on, you know, DocuSign that I'm unaware of? Like, what are you talking about? Even when you are getting into business with friends, I'll even use myself as an example. I'm about to go to Cuba with a, a girlfriend of mine, and she's a photojournalist, right? And I told her, even when she was just like, oh, okay, well, you can just send this to me. I responded, was like, oh, no problem, love. Just be sure to send me an invoice just so I can track things accordingly. She's like, sure, no problem. It wasn't no smoke. It wasn't no issue. It was like, what the fuck is wrong with Cash App? Or why can't I just Venmo it? Why? Because we're fucking professionals. I don't care if you my best friend since or been my homie for the go me. That means nothing to me when it comes down to handling business. And we all have got to stop trying to tell people how to one, handle their business. And two, stop holding other people to higher standards or business ethical standards that you ain't even holding your goddamn self to. Stop the madness have an amazing week and i will talk to y'all 
hell, I'll figure it out. Because a girl trying to prep for Cuba and to get on all my Afro-Caribbean steeds. So, I don't know. But, see y'all next show. Love you guys. Bye.